You are listening to a preview episode of a uh, premium episode of the Flux Pod that is available to Patreon listeners. This uh, features a little bit of a conversation I had with uh, the music writer Bianca Gracie. Uh, in the full episode, we talk a lot about uh, Mariah Carey, Rihanna, uh, Bianca growing up listening to a lot of reggae. Her parents are from Jamaica. Um, you know, just a whole lot of stuff. But uh, this little chunk here is the two of us talking about uh, R&B and just kind of like kind of on a, on a macro scale of how people engage with just the very idea of R&B. Um, if you want to hear the full episode, you want to hit up patreon.com slash fluxblog. It's $5 a month for uh, all of the episodes of the show as opposed to just the free ones that come out on Wednesdays. Uh, yeah, so uh, please do that. And here is the snippet. Yeah, I think just before we started recording, kind of mentioned the idea that like it seems like with editors and I think pop culture in general, like because there's always a lot of R and B, but I think it's like what gains traction can seem sort of random. Definitely, um, it's hard with R and B because I feel like a lot of people still consider it as a quote unquote tr- traditional classic genre that can't really grow and elevate and be experimental in you know in the way that hip-hop is being seen but there's so many artists nowadays who are playing around with r&b in a way that's so innovative and i feel like it's not getting enough love as it should be so you know i think i'm trying to do my due diligence in trying to you know give these people you know a voice so to speak you know to kind of share their stories in a way that a lot of people do with hip-hop yeah, and and a good example of that is like a like a, a artist that I like a lot that you covered recently was Victoria Monet, and uh, what what brought you to her and like what made you want to uh, cover her? Okay, so this actually started um, about last year or so. You know, I've been a fan of her. Um, you know, of course, she's mainly known for um, you know being best friends with Ariana Grande and writing a lot of her hits, but. Victoria Monet has been in the industry, you know, for a few years now, um, almost a decade. And, you know, she's been kind of under the radar, um, just in terms of like trying to get her foot in the door, so to speak. And I was just always gravitated towards the way that she, you know, um, displays nostalgia in her music. You know, she has a lot of 70s elements, a lot of 90s elements, and I'm drawn to that myself. So um, that's what that's what first got me into her. And I heard that she was going to put out a new EP, Jaguar, um, last year. And, you know, I kind of always had, you know, my my ears to the ground and kind of hounding her publicist like, oh, like I I would definitely love to do something with her one day. And, um, you know, pre pre quarantine and pre pandemic before the world kind of unraveled. Um, I met her in February and, you know, listened to the record and I fell in love and we were planning to do something during that time. But of course, you know, everything happened. So I'm glad that I was able to reconnect with her when the the project got pushed back um, for August. I think particularly I love that song moment. And I think that what you're saying about her kind of having this really nice balance of kind of a classic thing, but also feeling like very rooted in the present. It doesn't sound like retro so much as it sounds connected to the past. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, because I feel like when people attempt to, you know, put classic elements in their music, sometimes it could come off as either too cliche or just a little bit too on the nose. But she's found this balance of, you know, calling back to traditional artists, you know, from you know maybe her parents' era that they grew up in and really making it her own and really putting a spin on it in a way that you feel even more connected, kind of like you're in that era with her. And I think it, it's come across like super genuine. I got a feeling that you brought me to you. Yeah, you did bad. Look what your mind's imagination can do. Making shit true. Yeah, you do, babe. So let me take away your pain. Give me all of your emotions. Land it like a plane on my back if you can't hold it. Life is but a dream that you manifest it slow. So fuck a fantasy, this your motherfucking moment It's your motherfucking moment Yeah, I think another thing with R&B, like when R&B does kind of have more classic elements And I guess classic really meaning like 60s, 70s, and also I guess 80s to some extent It can seem to people like it's cr- criticizing other music within the genre which i don't think is usually where the artists are coming from yeah exactly i think it's very interested with r&b because it could be a genre where people kind of hold it to the standard where it cannot be touched and it has to be um, executed in a certain way but I'm, i don't really understand where that comes from because i feel like with other um genres you know for hip-hop for example you know it's a huge playing field but r&b is just held at a a different kind of regard i think yeah i think part of it is just because it's the you know you have one word that is kind of covering like about 60 or so years of musical history in which the the music changes quite a bit over that time but it's still the same word and you have like a similar thing with rock music but rock music has been kind of defined into all these different niches to the point that I think sometimes people can't even tell when the thing is rock music now. Whereas I think R&B kind of has the opposite thing. It's the thing where, and I think maybe this kind of comes out of the history of it being, you know, know, previously like uh, called black music or race music, where it's just like, Oh, you're you're black and you're not rapping. Then it must be R&B. Yeah. That's actually a very good point. Um, Cause I, I feel like when people, when you say R&B to someone, they kind of have an a idea of what it should sound like sonically, but there are artists who are kind of blurring the lines of what those melodies should sound like. You know, take The Weeknd, for example. You know, he began in the industry as, I guess, an, a PBR&B type of artist, Um and very alternative, but still having that R&B mindset in the back of his his repertoire. But as he's grown and matured as an, as, as an artist, he's experimented so much. And his recent album, After Hours, that is a pop record, but people still consider him R&B for that, for that album, despite it not going into that lane. So 
I definitely agree with you in terms of, you know, people kind of seeing R&B in, in this like very, very like tight knit space. And there is like, there's no room for it to really grow and expand and just have fun with it. I think people would be better about it in the recent past. And I think I'm pretty optimistic about the future of all this. I think, especially as you have this like a generation of mu- musicians, but also uh, people in the audience who've just become very used to you know, music being this kind of scramble of genres as it's been a lot in the recent past. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good point. Um, I feel like there's always a conversation, especially, you know, we're both always on, you know, Twitter and just in the in the fan conversation of, you know, what is genre anymore? Like it's it's just so hard to define what artists are creating and there's nothing I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think artists should have the the playing field you know, as expansive as they want it to be, you know, they don't have to really be confined and, you know, certain boundaries. But on the other hand, you, you have these um, institutions, you know, the Grammys, so to speak, where there are specific genres. And oftentimes artists may fit into three or four categories. But, you know, at the end of the day, when you have these award shows, and even, you know, charts, you know, Billboard charts, Rolling Stone charts, like, they might not often fit within, you know, a, a generalized category. So it's, it's a bit of a catch-22. I think on the art, on the artistic side, like thinking about genre, genre is in a lot of ways more just like uh, dealing, you know, kind of roots through history and its traditions, it's like musical traditions. So, you know, if we're talking about Victoria Monet, we can hear certain musical traditions that are alive in her music and, you know, they don't have to be exactly as they would be in like 1975, but they're it's, it's, it's just transforming in the moment. And I think that works for like a lot, a lot of artists work in that way. Um, but yeah, thinking of genres in those kind of commercial terms where it's radio formats and charts and awards, that's, yeah, that really is where like the nightmare comes in because it's also where a thing can cross over or exist into a thing but you know, it gets people very mad. I mean, I mean the whole thing with uh, like Lil Nas X from like a year or yeah. so back, like that whole mess of like denying that it had a place uh, in country, and maybe it doesn't make sense on country music radio, but it it makes sense in the larger context. Oh yeah, I saw that unfold in real time <laughs> while working at <laughs> Billboard. It it was definitely um, an interesting era, so to speak, you know, just kind of seeing what people were talking about, you know, on social media and, you know, my former colleagues trying to figure out, you know, what's the best way to kind of categorize this artist who's kind of, you know, breaking the rules. So it was, it was, I think it was definitely a a necessary conversation starter, you know, just in terms of history, because, you know, despite country now being a predominantly, you know, white facing genre. Um, it did, it does have roots in, you know, black history and, you know, black America. And I feel like sometimes people don't, people forget that. And so I think moments like those, they kind of put you back into reality and like have these conversations of the history of music. And I feel like, you know, as much as we're trans- transcending into, you know, really cool, you know, fun experimental things. I think we can, we can never forget. You know, the history of where these these the music comes from. Mm-hmm.